Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is uh, Tim and Tosh in the morning podcast number what? Did we go with 39? I mean, is that fair? 38, 39. We skipped a few weeks. So, I mean, if you're going to say in chronological order... Then it would be like 39 or so. 39. We'll go with that because uh, we were a little busy doing Brewer stuff as well as other stuff like other shows mm-hmm. and whatever. Uh, other jobs, working, lives. Gut, gut punch, disheartening end of the Brewer season. Mm-hmm. And Good it's way to put it. Still digesting a little bit. I was uh, I was pretty pissed at first, like right away, the, like the next two days. I had a fantasy football show to do the next morning, and it was a rough one. So I, now I'm starting to heal up a little bit. Brewers uh, fall, and they come up, what, have one you, game short. Have you watched it all, World Series at all? I take a peek here and there, but no, I'm still sort of soiled. Read all about it. I, I know what's going on. But right, yeah. It's been, uh, it's, it's been a fun series. Like, same with that. I've, I haven't made it. A point to Mm-mm. sit down at seven oh nine to hear hair plugs and John Smoltz go in there and yeah do the game. But I watched the game the other night when it went into eighteen innings and stayed up through every inning that there was. Um, not by choice necessarily. I was getting just bombarded with phone calls of people telling me, "Where are you? What are you doing? What are you doing?" I'm trying to watch the game. Trying to enjoy this. Well, it went late. Like went. Pass bar close. <laughs> Sounds like one of the uh, Brewer post game shows we've done this year. One of nineteen or what? Uh, so that there was a ended lot. after bar close. <laughs> hey, to uh, capsulize that that little issue there, I think there's been more late nights this year than any of the thirteen years total doing the post game. I can say blew last year out of the water, and the year before that when I first started working on the show. I mean, there was a crazy amount of. <laughs> it was nuts walking it. Into the house at four in the morning. Yep. And so the Brewers are now out. The uh, season is over, and we basically, I'm unemployed. Like you're more employed than I am right now. Sure. But I mean, if, if we want to work into the differentials, we can. I, I would always, I'll, I'll take a little bit more off the top if, if I could. In theory, I do one show a week. Yep. Fantasy football show. And then I do two pieces of work two shows on the mix yeah well piece yeah shows okay sure Your shows shifts the, well, the music is the show over there right call it a shift shift yeah, yeah two shifts which is well i give them a good deal <laughs> yeah that works out for it it's all good yeah so i'm uh, basically unemployed then is really the moral of the story and so you work, you uh, big show. Four Wendy's nights, big show. Four, four afternoons a week. Yep, and then I mean two, three nights a week. I'll be doing either. I'm doing either play by play, admirals games, stuff like that. Okay, making money when I can. We Finding had, new money when I can. We had an opportunity as we uh, move along into the as the fan turns portion of the podcast. Uh, we had some news. The news of you and. And I both worked a morning show yes. with our buddy Bart Winkler. Both got back into the good graces, it appears, of of Mr. Winkler, who, frankly, I mean, I think it all got kind of blown out of proportion. Yeah. I don't know about you. I thought it kind of got blown out of proportion. Of course it did. Are you kidding me? Not necessarily on this end, but, you know, whatever. But the thing was, uh, now it seems like everybody's all, all hunky-dory and, and seems back to like being friends again. So that's all we really wanted. He admitted to us that, oh, I hated you guys. I hated you guys. And now you were I, mean to me. Yep, and I hated you guys. And I, was so, I was just mad at you guys. Was, no, so we, we did the show. It was pretty sad, though, how it all went down. Not together, though. I mean, no. we weren't there. all three of us there together for well, a show. No, but you and I had the opportunity... Uh, approach to us this past week to possibly 
get a chance to do a morning show, you and I, and I I screwed it up. Get a morning show at a different station or a morning show here? Oh, no. You, yeah, no. Oh, you to, meant on the schedule. On here. the schedule here. Yes, to fill in. Yes, because, to fill in okay. on, the, on the morning show. I but, misunderstood. But I, was, but I was gone. I'm going to be gone. Oh, you are going to be gone. I'm going to be gone. Then I'm not doing it. No, no, I don't think you're doing it. I, th- I think our, our board op buddy is. Oh. Well, a good, well good it, choice. Is, it is after a holiday, so it's probably a great not. choice. Probably not. It's a, it's a great choice. Hey, you know, when, when we have staff members that are as versatile, seriously, what a bonus, right? It does, yeah. I mean, when, everybody can do mornings. Everyone can do afternoons. Everyone can do The only bucks, issue is doing them on the same game. day. There's yeah. only a few that will do them on the same day. But just such multiple great in one. interchangeable parts. Everyone's pretty equal. You know what I mean? Talent level. Everyone's just a cru- everyone's just everyone's right just there. right there. They pitch in really well. And you know, I mean, you could yeah, take you got to plug one in. They're pretty much just they're pretty much all the same. Is what you're saying? You can do yeah. whatever you want with them. Okay, yeah. I get what you're saying. I mean, you yep. could take the guy that you know is working Saturday nights or something and put him in the morning. I mean, you yeah, could, for sure. That's could, how it works. You could take a producer in the afternoon, give him a show, man, and we don't we don't skip a beat. We don't miss a beat. So we were saying that uh, we made up with Bart. Now the thing was for Bart, um, Bart got a little testy the other night. After now, you said you were pissed about the Brewers being eliminated, and yeah. you were, and I was too. Bart Winkler was a little bit upset and uh, went crazy. Voiced, voiced some frustration. Went absolutely. Now, now Bart crazy. and I talked about this, so it was all good. But I, my biggest joke to him about it was so Bart was on Twitter and he was going at people because Bart felt like, and I get what he was saying is you can't just say, oh no, this is fine. You can lose these games. But it was so fun. It was such a nice season. Everybody tried hard. That really wasn't what anybody was doing. But in that effort, Bart at one point quoted this girl, this girl's tweet, who I think she's like 14 or 16 years old on Twitter. Big Brewer fan. Tweets all the time about during the games. And just like calls her soft. <laughs> <laughs> was, what? Well, that's how they think. Bart, calm down, dude. It's not. It's not that big of a deal. You don't have to go that far with it. No. And he uh, tended, cuss out your mom or something. Tended to uh, stir things up on Twitter, and yeah, it was funny. We were pissed. Yeah, but but, but see, we have a show to do. We can't just go on there and and not talk within five seconds of the Brewers' season ending in Game Seven of the NLCS. <laughs> We had to do a radio show. Well, I went back. Okay, and I- that's a different. That's a different platform. It's a different level mm-hmm. than you sitting at home on your couch, sitting there throwing out tweets and telling people how they're supposed to emotionally react to this exact moment. As you and I in the studio have, we said it on the show. We are sitting there watching the visiting clubhouse where we have done interviews all year long. Yep, just getting torched and trashed. As the Brewers were eliminated a game away from the World Series. So, yes, upset, for sure. Didn't didn't achieve the goal. Yeah, very mad. But the fun time I had along the way, that won't go away. No, not at all. Okay, that's the difference. It's not saying you're pleased with the outcome. It's pleased with the with the execution of how they got to that point. That I was pleased with. I really was, all told, man. That was a real good, fun time, a great run uh, for the Brewers here in 2018. However, somebody just uh, thought that we accept losing. Yeah. That's like the farthest thing from the truth. That wasn't even close to we accept losing. No, not even a little. No. But it was funny. But uh, So that was good. Anything else going on? Uh, that I'm missing here at the fan because I disappeared for days. I was yeah unavailable. Um, well, we have one uh, quitter. We do have a quitter. We got a quitter, a good friend of ours. Yeah, I hate to that, see him go. That yeah, that'll be fun. Um, well, they got as, an in, they got an intern or three to fill in. It's right. Okay. Yeah, that's that's all that matters. It's okay, just 
That's all you Bam. need. Um, but what we also have is I was the Bucks season is starting up and getting to be uh, filling in on some you, of those Bucks post game shows. You were on the other night. I was on the other night after the Sixers game. They shot. They started the. They started the game zero of eight from three. They made one of their first eleven threes. Now, Tim, in, when you were growing up, you missed eight shots from the outside. Pretty much everybody's saying, "Hey, come on, son, why don't you why don't you take a couple of steps on in and get get yourself a better look at the basket? Maybe maybe maybe, maybe use pass, the glass a little bit. Pass a little bit, maybe. Fuck no, this Bucks team is just chucking Launch. threes." All day, and it is awesome. I love it. And at this point of our recording, they're uh, going to head into a game against Toronto with a six and zero mark. Yep, two best teams in the in the East. And like, I had a conversation about it off the air with Sparky the other day, and and I feel like everybody just kind of forgets about like you can win the division that you're in in basketball, and that kind of just gets bypassed. The Bucks haven't done that in 17, 18 years. Yeah. That would be nice. That would be nice to do that. And you, you and you get a banner for that, which is cool. Yeah, that is nice. And and it's a fun t- because you by virtue of winning your division, it means you had some good times along the way. And and you had a great time watching the team. You enjoyed it. And you didn't have to the entire season watch as saying, "Well, I I just don't know if they're going to win a, a series in the playoffs." I just don't I just do not believe that this team is going to win a series in the playoffs. I'm sorry. I just don't believe it. And they I, need to prove it to me. 414. No, they seven, just got to go and they got to no. play a game tomorrow. And then they got to play a game two more <laughs> nights from tomorrow. You know, um did I dream Here I go again. You're going to hate me for saying this. Did I dream or did I actually uh offer up Tim and Tausch to do Bucks post games when Sparky is is gone. No, you did. Did I or did yeah. I dream that? No, you did. Because I know I wanted to. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if I did. No, you yeah, know? you did. I did. Yeah, we we tried. So wouldn't that be fun though? I that mean, would be cool. It'd be like getting. You should the band, just come on in next time. And I'd... Like like getting getting the band back together. Maybe next time Sparky isn't on. And I get, I'm filling in. I'm filling in for the West Coast trip coming up here uh, next week. It is a final. The Bucks beat the Magic, one thirteen eighty nine. Welcome Tim and Taos yeah. talking Bucks basketball. I don't know. I just that would be fun. It, yeah. Hey, I'm down. I mean, I'd you're be, down. I'm down. I I don't even remember asking about it. I know I wanted to, so I did. Yeah, you did. Okay. I was there. All right. It was just kind of okay. Um. What else is going on here at the fans? So we lose lose a guy, uh, Ryan Horvat. Is was it okay to say that? Nope, but okay. <laughs> really? I mean, hasn't left yet. Well, he's got like a day's worth of work to do. <laughs> so does it matter? <laughs> All right. So we lose him, and uh, we hire more. I think got a new guy. Got our our uh, friend Nick Bodie coming in. Uh, he's currently, I believe, he's a Oshkosh kid. Filled Intern. out all the paperwork and yeah, for hired sure. Hired him up. Congrats to Nick Bodie. Welcome to the team. And I've worked bud. with uh, with him before. He was interning for, for the Michael uh, Show a few yeah. times. Yep, yeah. good dude. Yeah, he is. Really nice kid. Uh, we have travel, and that is uh, our board up buddy, uh, producer of the Michael flying Show. out to Southern California for his vacation. That's mm-hmm. cool. That is cool. Him and his girlfriend going out on vacation there. I know he likes to travel, and you know he's sort of he's a big, that big way. in and out burger guy. Yeah, and like whenever you can go and get an in and out burger, you got to fly. I guess to L.A. It's for as it. if he's just discovering that in and out burgers are good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's the right. only one with this piece Did of you guys information. Know? <laughs> Pizza's good. Holy fuck! Wow. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> you kidding? <laughs> So we've had a lot of travel. Uh, Bart did a great job in St. Louis, yep. in Chicago, and Chuck did a did a job out there in Denver and L.A. And so that was cool. That's that's good that we're you know getting around the country like that. And our boy Mike Clemens is always out hustling. I mean he's he's out at almost all these Packer games, just yep. busting his ass. Because that dude is. I mean, you and I talk about it. About working hard for a stretch of time. Mike Clemens, I don't know if he sleeps for like 
He two, doesn't. Like two-thirds or three-fourths of the football season. He doesn't. Like a couple of years ago when the Super Bowl was in Phoenix, I want to say, he just got so sick and worked right. <laughs> just worked right through it. <clears throat> Honestly, he sounded like a 98,000-year-old Italian it was, guy. It was some it, of the, I mean, worst, the worst things you've ever heard, but you're just like, Mike. Mike is from Phoenix. <laughs> it was... Was I felt bad. bad for him. No, they had to put him on the shelf. They had to force him to yeah. to go dark for mm, a couple of days yeah, during the man, trip. I felt bad for him. So there, you're all caught up on the uh, on the fan. Yep. And now, uh, so. now you and I, Tim, like to maybe stir things up a little bit. So I got a chance to stir things up with some dudes that get paid to stir things up. Yeah. Al Iaquina. Now tell me who that is. Al Iaquina is a uh, UFC fighter. They're, these both guys that you're going to hear from here uh, are lightweight fighters in the UFC division. Uh, Iaquina just finished a fight a couple of months ago against Khabib, the dude that beat McGregor a few weeks ago, and mm-hmm. is the champion now. Okay. And in the mid, like two days before the fight, before the pay per view. Remember, McGregor went went crazy yeah. and threw the shit through the bus. Right. So Khabib's opponent was hurt, couldn't do it. Iaquina got bumped up to fight this guy. Two days before the match, he finds out that he's fighting the guy that isn't going to be the champion. Wow. So he, he loses that fight, but they're both uh, competitors, and, and they're both right now in the mix for the opportunity at the belt. And Iaquina is a dude from Long Island. Came in full wins or not, balling out, shorter dude, kind of a little bit like an Italian kind of guy, like 165 pounds. But you knew, like, if you were if you were walking out of the bar and that guy liked you in the bar, you had some good times. Yeah, and you always feel safe. I would around guys like that, of course. Right, no doubt. Um, so you're gonna you did these interviews while I was on mental health right well leave. it was it was it was kind of strange because it was it was random they're they're fighting at the Pfizer forum in december and when these fights come in town they want everybody to come and cover them and give some some notoriety to the fight and tell you people when tickets are on sale and stuff like that but these guys came in and we got to sit down instead of like the normal hit where usually they're coming in I mean, you remember this from the fm days where you're coming in for a two-minute spot, and they say, oh, here's the fight. Here's This guy's name is Al. Oh, Al, are you going to punch the guy in the face? Yeah, I'm going to punch him in the face. Oh, okay, that was Al. He's fighting at the UFC. So I was able to kind of sit down and, and talk to these dudes. So tickets are on sale right now, and they're the main event okay. of the fight night that's going to be at the at uh, the Pfizer Forum coming up in December. Nice. And uh, it was spur of the moment. Got a chance to come on in and talk to these dudes. But Al... And Kevin Lee, the two fighters, have fought before, and they fought in Kevin Lee's first professional fight. Do they like each other? They do not like each other. No. Were they in here together? No, they were in here about 15 minutes apart because oh. like, I, cause that was my original goal. We got, we got the microphones. I figured I was like, hey, I'm not going to do anything bad. You guys have people in here. It's Just not a big deal. They would not allow them to be face-to-face. But I brought it up to both of them. I was like... Hey, man, so have you interacted with Kevin when I was talking to Al? Have you interacted with him since the last fight? He goes, I mean, I, I've tweeted at him or I've shot messages back at him, but I wish they would have just let us come on in here and talk talk man-to-man and talk right now. Wow. All right. Well, let's hear it. Now, who are you going to uh, we'll hear, hear from first? Al first. Okay. Al Iaquina. Al Iaquina fighting at the Pfizer Forum, UFC. Big event. You can get your tickets now, right? Yes, sir. Check it out with Billy. Tim and Tausch in the morning here with Al Iaquinta. Yeah. There it is. I got it right that time, Beautiful, Al. beautiful. Appreciate you coming in, dude. Thanks for having me. Now, you're going to have some fun coming up here at oh, the Pfizer. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Now, UFC going up against Kevin Lee. You guys have fought before. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. But I want to talk about you, Al. So, so Long Island, dude, what got you into fighting? Long Island, born and raised. Uh, it's a tough, you know, it's it's very competitive on Long Island in just every sense of the word, you know, um, wrestling. Uh, I started wrestling in seventh grade. Um, everyone gets, you know, experiences a little bullying here and there in school. And my parents were always, my dad didn't wrestle, but he was uh, a lifeguard, a football coach. And um, he was always friends with wrestlers. He had one of his best friends. I remember growing up 
Uh, Reggie Jones was he was a big wrestling guy, always in always. Um, and my parents, my parents told me no one picks with the wrestlers, no one picks on those guys. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, try wrestling. So, and it never, I never. And they, this was for like elementary school age. I always kind of like tell, kind of not push it on me, but ask me, do I do I? And I never had an interest. I moved to a new school in seventh grade, and some something I don't know what it was. I don't know how I ended up in the wrestling room, but I ended up there, and uh, I liked that it's individual sport. Um, you know, by your weight class, a lot of times in in other sports, your height or your weight can kind of hurt you, and mm-hmm. they can um, pigeonhole you too. It, yeah, I mean, in uh, in in wrestling, it's you know, you're going up against guys your weight, and um, the amount of work you put in is the, the result you're going to get. If you you can't blame anybody for anything, you can't you know if 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 you have a bad day, it's on you. You know, it's you can't blame the uh, the, the goalie or the defense. So I kind of like that. I like that it was you know really just all on me. Maybe growing up, I don't know. I uh, other sports, I had you know saw wins or lose losses because. Mm-hmm. Other players on my team or something. I don't know what it was. My linebacking I, core can't get over and flow out to that it. sweep. That's yeah. the only reason why a dude ran for two hundred yards. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep, exactly. I know exactly what you mean. But um, then I just got into wrestling and I just immersed myself in it. I went to wrestling camp. You know, kids were at the beach in the summer, and I was going to twenty-eight day wrestling camp in Minnesota. Um, you know, practicing three times a day. I just needed to get good. I just saw hard work as a you know, a way to get to the top. I had a goal of becoming a state champ. I never made it there, but um, eventually reset my goals into mixed martial arts. Ended up same thing. Friend was doing uh, doing this MMA stuff that I saw on TV. I went down to the gym, got my butt kicked, and realized wow, this is a podcast. Is... You can swear too. Don't worry. About oh, it. Right. I will. I the, will a little the, bit later. The whole on. the whole <laughs> the whole day I've been watching my language. So no, I, we'll it, let it ride. I, my, fuck, fuck, fuck shit. Fuck, fuck, fuck shit. <laughs> All right, yeah, we're back. We're back. <laughs> um, yeah, but and then just from there, I same way I I fell in love with wrestling. I kind of fell in love with fighting, and I was just yeah you know, f- trying to fight like every week and amateurs and uh, going to jujitsu tournaments and still keeping up with the wrestling t- open tournaments mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So just I just found something I loved and and grinded for that it. was it. That was it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really. Uh, you know, for a while there, I wasn't I wasn't really focused on anything, you know, mm-hmm. but fighting. I didn't care. Girls didn't bother me. Um, you know, like school, I kind of like just stopped going. Um, and I was My just man. in the gym. <laughs> yeah, I was just I was just in the gym uh, and uh, just forced myself to learn everything I could. And when when you're when you're in that mindset, right, and and all you're doing is grinding for the next goal, like you said, everything else kind of just goes secondary, and you kind of forget about it. Um, at what point were you able to then kind of take a deep breath and be like, okay, now this is this is where I'm at now, and and the new sets of goals bring bring gold. Yeah, uh, I think it's just a it's a continual progression. You know, I'm just um, setting goals, reaching them. If you if you Set your goals high, and you don't make it. You reset your goals, and you just keep pushing forward. I've had a bunch of injuries, um, and that kind of forced me to take a step back and kind of look at the big picture and mm-hmm. uh, realize that I have to progress in life as well as just you know you can't just focus on fighting. You learn um, a lot when when it gets taken away from you. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's a, you know you it really opened my eyes to the to the way the world is. You know. And uh, so I, I started selling real estate. Um, stopped, stopped, just yeah. stop, just throwing. I'm sorry, the, the, I'm, I'm seeing you come uh, in like, oh, this is a two bedroom condo. It's really nice view <laughs> of the sea over here. Yeah, you know what? I like to I like to say the places I sell, they sell themselves. I don't have to do much. I don't <laughs> have to do. One. I don't have to do much salesmanship. But uh, yeah, it's you know, it's. Uh, it's fun. I work with a lot of people that I know. You For know, sure, they yeah. know me, and I'm, I don't have to really sell myself. They know that I'm I'm doing them uh, a solid, and doing you know, doing finding them in the right place for the right price. I'm not trying to just be a salesman and get them into yep. the first house they see. You know, so so building, you know, obviously where you're at right now. You're, you're from Long Island, like we said earlier on. When I was talking to your man Kevin, I, I did talk to him earlier today as well, Uh-oh. and we we kind of talked about. 
understanding where you're from and that builds who you are when you're in front of 15 16,000 people in the middle of this in the middle of the octagon yeah there's no there's no hiding anything uh in there what who you are comes out for sure if you're uh you know the me and my trainer Ray Longo always say that you can tell a person right away by the you know who they are when the going gets tough in there or you know if they're just you just you everything comes out it comes out uh in that in that octagon and in front of all those people there's no hiding there's no hiding anything you can talk a big game but once you're in there it's all out it's all out on the table so how about the first time in in that octagon in front of that kind of crowd that that you caught your first punch and thought whoa yeah uh I, you know, or delivered it. I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, I'm, I I could. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. You might have delivered no, the first punch to knock it through. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if there was. I can't really remember like one punch or one moment where I was like, wow. Um, but that's understandable. Just, I mean, if you take enough of them, I, yeah. Then yeah. I, there's a few things I don't remember. Over, <laughs> <laughs> there's a few things I don't remember over the years of being a fighter. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good, man. It's, uh, uh, like the, the crowd, when you, when you do land that punch and that and you, you don't really hear the crowd, you just feel it. That's what it's all about. That's what I love. Yep. You know? So, so, so fight day, what, what's the ritual? What, how are we waking up on fight day? Uh, wake up as I just kind of wake up as you know, no, no alarm or anything. As natural as can be. Natural, natural, uh, waking up and. Um, usually I sleep pretty good that night cause I, I, we weigh in the day before and then the rest of that day is like rehydrating, eating, um, replenishing everything. Good night's sleep, wake up, uh, head down, you know, nice relaxed, head down to, um, usually they have a ballroom set up with mats and stuff. Okay. And, uh, the day of the fight, they start moving everything out. So they'll, they'll start resetting it as a ballroom. So we usually have to move the tables aside and uh, get our little mat area back, uh, do do a little shadow boxing, and then kind of go through the fight. Um, usually, I bring Aljamain Sterling, who's one of my training partners, okay. also a UFC uh, top ten bantamweight. But um, we do we just go through basically just go through a fight like fifteen minutes of just repetitions of what kind of punches I think I would be throwing, defending the things that I think my opponent's going to be throwing at me. So just kind of like rehearse everything in my head and uh, get a sweat get a sweat going, get all that food that I've been eating kind of digested, mm-hmm. and, um, break that first wind where you're breathing heavy. So when you uh, when you get feel that in the fight, it's not like the first time uh, you're breathing heavy for, for the it's day. It's like the third it's quarter like, feel instead of like yeah, the first series you, where you've already been out. there, yep. you know. So you get so that's like the first time. Then the second, then um, you warm up maybe like two or three fights before your fight. You get that uh, that same winded feeling, and and then it's game time, you know. So we, so you uh, are you a headphone guy? You got you got music blasting before the fight, or no, what you, not really. You're, you're a like calm, just, cool, collected. Yeah, calm, cool, collected. I sit there. Uh, Really, I just I have a great team around me. Ray Longo and Matt Serra, um, keep it light. You know, they're they're it's like tra- it's it's just the way they are. They're bullshitting. We're joking around. It's it's uh, you know no no seriousness. It's just another day. You know, mm-hmm. we're in the locker room. I'm laughing the whole time at these guys, and then we start warming up, and it gets a little serious. And you know, we we're focused, but still, even like. Walking out to the cage, it's ne- we're never like too serious. It's, it's, it's. Uh, You're not walking out with the fucking Burger King guy walking behind. Yeah, you. Yeah, right. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. We just, we just have, we have fun. It's, uh, it's, it's. I, I, I'm blessed to have those guys in my corner, um, because we definitely have a good. There was, there was one fight. Oh my god, and this, the, the, the trainer was, you know, warming him up, and he was going, "You will." Your your heart when your mind fails, your heart will bring you through the battle and like giving him a speech. And then they left and they went out there and, and I just looked at those guys I looked at Matt and Ray and I was like, Thank God you guys don't try to give me that like 
huge pep talk because then sometimes they like almost make it more about themselves. It's, you yeah. know, the trainer, he was like, he was almost like making like everyone in the room was looking at him. Meanwhile, it's like the fighter should be all eyes on him. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I'm like, they kind of just, you know, they just bullshit, joke around. We all have fun. We're laughing. It's like another day, you know, at the end of the day, we do it. I, I mean, I, I, I uh, spar in the gym twice a week, you know, for sure. It's just not in front of, a bunch of people. Well, and, so. and when you're when you're sparring and, and working harder in the gym than you know you might be for that 15 minutes that you're out there, it makes it so much easier to to go through the fight and or you know the game or whatever it is and and feel so confident in yourself in it. Absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, you know they push me when it's time when it's time to get down to business. They push me, and uh, I it it's uh, not that it sucks or anything. It's, I mean it's it's. Uh, I know I I know that it's paying gonna pay off for sure you know so so you're you're where you are now obviously the, the fight with Khabib was was something that you know where wherever he's at now and and where he's gonna continue to go you guys you and Kevin are are, are fighting for a chance at the belt yeah I mean we're right there we're both right there he's had uh, some great fights recently um, I've I've had uh, I mean I put put guys away that I should have put away the Khabib fight was. Um, short notice, tough guy. I'd love to see how I can do on a full training camp. I think that uh, there was a lot of things that I didn't do that I could do, and I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that uh, he. How quickly did, he, did you did you find out about it and, and and get into the fight? Uh, I it was it was uh probably like twenty four. It was me. It was like thirty hours, I guess. It was the, yeah, the day before, the the morning before the fight. So maybe yeah, it was it was pretty quick. Uh, so I was training for a three round fight against a guy that is not a wrestler, mm-hmm. um, and then I got thrown in there against probably one of the most dominant wrestlers for five rounds. Right, and he was training for five rounds. So I mean, uh, I was I was happy with how I performed, but I just I I it it kills me because I just want to I want to be that guy that steps in and and does that unthinkable you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it, it it it's it hurts but uh i definitely want to run that one back get a full training camp um and i think uh, to be honest with you i think kevin lee might be almost if he might be just as tough if not tougher of a fight than uh than khabib you know he's he's a young strong big uh, one fifty fiver. You've been in the ring with him or the octagon yeah, with him before. I've been, I've been with him before, but I mean, there was a, it was a long time ago. I know he's he's become a lot more he's he's a lot more seasoned now. Um, but I th- I just feel like I'm just too smart for him. I feel like he's just not. Uh, I can't. I, I I just have to beat a person that's on his brain wave like yeah. whatever. I don't know. He's just he's like uh, simple as that. Yeah, that's it. I think he's he's a tough he's a tough guy. I respect his his toughness, his skill, and everything, but I just he's not my favorite person. He's also <laughs> simple as that, though. Yeah. So, so how much of that is like? Have Have you ever fought somebody that you genuinely like? Look at like, damn, that's a really good friend of mine. Like, it's, uh, it's easier to want to beat somebody up when when you like you said he's not my favorite person. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I've ever fought anybody that I did. I think. Yeah, no, I don't. I've never fought. Any, I fought when I was on the Ultimate Fighter. I was living in the house for thirteen mm-hmm. weeks with Andy Ogle. He was in my. He was in my room. He was in my roommate, and then I had to. I I had to fight him. Um, I ended up winning a. I mean, elbow a knockout. It was pretty. Uh, pretty brutal. Um, yeah, no, I felt bad about that, but at the end of the day. We were all we all knew what we were getting into right. going into it. Yep. You know, I fought Joel Lazone, who's another guy that I kind of uh, not that I was like really good friends with him or anything, but we definitely saw each other at all the fights. I I was very friendly with one of his teammates, Joe Proctor. Um, so I was that one was kind of weird because I, I uh, you know I saw him the week of fight week and I was like I was like hey what's up man he gave me like an attitude I was like whoa I was like I didn't all right. All right. All right. Okay. So this is like that. So this is how we're oh, gonna do so this thing now. Do it like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But um, nah, it's all it's all like it's all business, you know. It's all um, yeah. I, 
one way or another, you just get in there and fight. And I, right. I don't think you really see the person across from you. It's you're you're really like in there. I think ninety percent of it is you're fighting yourself. You know, you're like it's such a battle within yourself. Um, it's a uh, war of attrition, like you said, with with your mind that you're continuing to go. Absolutely, absolutely. You get put in a tough spot, and uh, you see where you see where what kind of person you are right there. So as as you said, you're you're a little bit more cerebral of a fighter, you believe, than Kevin. I yeah, I think I think so for sure. I think what's, he's what's, what's going to be the knockout? He, co- he comes, he just comes forward and he throws. Uh, in in his last fight, at least, he just came forward throwing a lot of. I I think I'm just too too uh, crafty. I think my movement's too good. And, um, I think I'm faster. I think I'm. I think stand up wise, I don't. Know, he throws he throws his punches a little. I think he's a little stiff. I think that I think I I match up well with him. Mm-hmm. I think I match up well with him. Um but he's definitely he's like he's got long ass arms. So that's uh I think he's got like the longest reach out of anybody in in definitely lightweight division. Um so I mean he's very good at getting you against the cage, locking his hands behind your butt, picking you up, slamming you to the slamming mat. You through. And then uh you know his his ground game. He's he throws heavy punches from the top, um, but I, I've seen a lot of. I think I see a lot of things that I can do to him. I'm looking forward to. There was some, I can see the grin, man. You're you're there, excited. There for was this. some things that I saw in the first fight that I did that like I'm looking at it now. I'm like, oh man, I wish you know, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. And I hope we end up in the same positions because it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be awesome to just like play the first fight. And this is where I messed up, and then here's how I fixed that mistake. Here's how I finished you know? it the second yeah, time. Exactly. So now it, this obviously a rematch, but how many different rematches have you had along the way? Have you have you had this opportunity where you're, no, you're looking at a dude? No, this is my first one, I think. Yeah. Oh uh, no, I had I've had one rematch okay. before. I I fought a, a war against this Brazilian Gabriel Miglioli, and at the time and in, in the regionals promotions, you don't really know much about the guy you're fighting. Mm-hmm. Like now we're in the UFC, I. See his videos. I see his tapes. You can I, study everything can, that you need like, to. Look, exactly. Right. This guy was from Brazil, and it was like he had three different names. Like one record was this record. Gabriel. He had so four different we, birth certificates. We no idea. We're like, who the hell is this guy? I didn't even know. Yeah, he come from Brazil. Then um, we had a war. We had an absolute war. It was, this is one of my favorite fights, just because. Um, it was like my first really tough fight where I had to. Re- I lost the first round. I got knocked down, and then I came back in the second and the third. One uh, split decision, and then uh, we ended up having a rematch. And I threw a kick, and I kicked him in his eye. And so here I am preparing for like I was like, oh, here we go again. We're going to war this mm-hmm. time, you know. I threw. It was the first kick I threw. I just threw a front kick, and it just like skimmed his eye. And he was like this, and I just went boom, and I just hit him, and and. TKO, he dropped him and and ground and pound. The ref stepped in and stopped it. It was like such a relief. I was like, oh, thank God. I don't don't have to go through that. You know, (laughs) have stitches and swollen face. And so, you know, it was that was a really a good learning experience for me. Then I ended up later on uh, kind of becoming friendly with him. He trained at some people, you know, like mutual places. And I saw him post a video of him fighting uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, mm-hmm. I think it was like five years before I fought him. So I wasn't even like training at that point, and this guy was fighting Rafael. So I was, I was like, wow, that gave me a lot of confidence. Once I, once I saw that, I was like, wow, this guy is actually pretty freaking good, you know. And uh, I went in there, went to war with him, you know, beat him on a split decision, and then come back and uh, and and beat him kind of smoothly. So it was, I was, that was definitely. Uh, Definitely uh, cool. Hopefully that happens again. My last fight with Kevin Lee was a war. Maybe I kick him in the eye this time. That'd be cool. So so I'll we'll wrap this thing up. But but Al, I am going to ask you for one final walk off to to say it to Kevin. Now I, I'm not going to tell you what he said, but he he thinks that he's going to win. I'm so sure he so, does. So the way that we're going to thought he was going to win the first he time too. Thought he was going to win the first one. I didn't saw he? him walk in and he gave me this look. He was like. <laughs> It was like he knew he was he he knew he was like out of place like a he little bit. He fucked up. It, uh, no, I don't, I don't I don't know. I don't know. 
if he, I don't think he knew he fucked up, but he definitely didn't feel comfortable. He was like in the back. He was like all kind of awkward and stuff. He was like trying to act tough. I still see that guy in him a little bit. You know, he like, I think he's, I don't know who dresses him, um, but it's, you know. He's not rocking the full Windsor like you are, Definitely, man. he's Swaggy definitely Swaggy motherfucker over I mean, here across, the, across yeah, the mic. I I think I like to portray the sport a little differently, mm-hmm. you know, put put myself in the, you know, you represent in the sport and stuff. But um, I forget where I went with that. He's, uh... Oh yeah, he's still like figuring himself out. I think he's got a biology degree. Was he talking with like that, like broken English that he does, like leaving words out and stuff? Well, we talked about a little bit of a chemistry exam that he said that he passed, and I was like, man, I... he's got a degree in biology. Really? He's dressing and talking like one of these nineteen-year-old rappers, mumble rappers. He's not that guy. He's confused, but it's okay. I, I, it's all right. Got to portray something it. different. I don't know. You can he's tell trying, the real I don't thing. Know what he's trying to do. I think people would like him more if he was just like the, like the kid from Detroit that got the degree and now he's into fighting and he mm-hmm. works hard. Like that's who he is. He's not like this yo yo fucking like gangster guy right. from Detroit. He's not. He was definitely like running home after school to study. Um, <laughs> he wasn't staying out of the block and yeah, causing he wasn't, any trouble. He wasn't doing none of that stuff. That's not him. <laughs> I see right through it. Um, you were causing more trouble in Long tough. Island than he was. I probably was. Not that I'm proud of it, but... Uh, yeah, nah, yeah. Damn, now there's some stories. <laughs> I can tell there's some stories in there, and you and I would have a good time uh, jobbing we, it up about probably, those stories. We probably would. <laughs> we probably would. It's, I've had... It would, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I, it's... I, I kind of see... He's... he's a, him as a person and him as a fighter, he's definitely tough. He definitely brings it. He's strong. He's powerful. He's he's everything that you know. Everything that you want, you got. You need to be prepared for. So uh, I'm I'm uh, uh, definitely training my ass off because I know he's uh, he's got the capabilities of doing some damage. But so do I. And I think I think I just think I have a better my. I think my team's better. I think I'm smarter. I think there's just I just have to win this fight. Is have to. You're walking in as the favorite, right? I, uh, well, I don't know about in, that. in your mind. Oh yeah. Well, have I, to. I mean, I don't really, I don't even really think about it like that. I don't think favorite, not fit. Just, I just want to. If I have fun and I do the things that I know I can do, uh, it'll be a good night for me. I'll, I'll leave that. I'll leave. I'll leave here happy. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to be there. Hell yeah. Because it's going to be a cool feel out there in the five surf form when you guys get going on December fifteenth. Al Ayaquinta. Yeah. Appreciate it, bro. You got it. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna do some damage. That guy's gonna fight. He he's he's a mean sob. Yeah, I can tell you that much. So now our next guest or your next guest, I I wish you could have been in here with these guys. Now Kevin, you would have had some fun with Kevin from he's from Detroit. They call him the Motown Phenom. He said the Canadians gave him that nickname. Okay. Uh you would have enjoyed talking to this guy. All right, funny dude. He's got a degree, actually, though, I believe a biology degree, as you just heard from Al. That's how I found out about it as well. He He's calling him out. He's like, man, boy with a bachelor's degree. Who's he think he's coming in here all street and all tough? But Kevin Lee was a cool, cool talk. Sat right in that chair, and him and I looked at each other face to face, and he said, hands down, the most savage thing I've ever heard in trash talking. Is it on the piece of tape we'll hear here? You kidding me? You think I would tease that and not let the people hear that on the Tim and Tausch in the morning podcast? All right. All right. Here's Kevin Lee. So from Detroit yes, um, and 26 years old, when did when did this become your your goal? This, this was what you wanted to do? I, I kind of knew at 16, uh, you know, like a lot of kids, I was kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, wasn't tall enough to play basketball, wasn't big enough to, in my eyes, to play football. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... You know, I, I saw uh, George St. Pierre versus BJ Penn was the first fight I ever saw. And that was the fight where I was like, oh, okay, these just ain't no barroom brawlers just getting in no. there. Like, they, they calculated, they, they're, they're athletes. Uh, and I was like, okay, this still brand new, you know, and I just knew it was something, something drew me to it and uh, went out for the wrestling team and, you know, rest was history. So you did start out with like amateur wrestling is how you got into, into the fighting scene. Yeah, that bit. was the easiest way for me to do it. You mm-hmm. know, I was already going to school anyway. 
anyway. So, like, you know, a little something to do after school. Yep. Just mom had to pick you up two hours later. But <laughs> other than that, I mean, you know, it, but I think I started for, you know, most guys, they, they start wrestling with hopes to get in the Olympics or do mm-hmm. something with that. Uh, but me, I, I always wanted to fight. That was kind of where I always had my, my mind going. So so then wrestling and boxing, obviously, when did you start training with the hands a little bit more? When I was 18, I started uh, training with my hands and, and kind of when it, once I went off to college and, you know, moms ain't around no more to, to kind of stop me from going. You can do it a little uh, bit yeah, more, I too. Do <laughs> I, want. I had my bike. I was gone. <laughs> you know, uh, but I, so uh, when I was in college, I had a wrestling scholarship, but I fought on the side at the same time. Uh, and it's just my passion. It was what mm-hmm. what made me feel alive. And, uh, and where'd your school? Yeah. Uh, Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids, uh, okay. Yep, yep, Grand Valley State. Uh, you know, I, I knew some folks over here in, in, in uh, University of Wisconsin. So I, I made the trip up to Madison a couple times. Made a good the trip time. over to Milwaukee a couple <laughs> times. It's, it's good to be back in the Midwest, I'll say that. I bet. I bet. So now you're you're hanging out in Vegas most of the time now? Yeah, I, I've been living in Vegas for the past four years. Uh, me and my immediate family, they all moved uh, mm-hmm. over there too. So, you know, it's a little better living than, than the streets of Detroit. But... Uh, Midwest is always going to be my home. You know right. what I mean? You you could take a state, you could take the cow out out the Midwest, but that's still Midwest great beef. You know it's what a, I mean? It's a different feel too. Like when when yeah. you go and when you talk to people, and I'm I mean living yep. in Vegas, you talk to people from all around the country. I feel like wherever you go, you can always tell where somebody's from just oh, yeah. the first two minutes that you're talking to somebody. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you know, we just you have a different set of of core values kind of right. that, that you go off yep. of uh and you can kind of tell when someone's been brought up around the same uh, situations that you have and and you can see the real recognize real so you yep. you can see it if, if mm-hmm. you really know you know and if you're going to be a real person i think that's been one thing that in you know obviously you've taken off now at 26 years old you're going <laughs> to have a lot of different people around you but mm-hmm. when you're when you can recognize somebody being real to you yeah that seems like something really important in the business. Yeah, you you and you definitely have to have that, especially uh, in in the business that we in, because this is cutthroat. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's you versus one man. You can't. You don't have anybody to fall back on. You don't have anybody to blame. You don't have anybody that's going to do the work for you. Uh, and you don't have. You know the people that's around you. You got to make sure that they're all in on you and, and that they're they're very genuine uh, and that you have some type of connection with them. And and that's important to find in this sport. So your so your climb here. Take take me back a little bit. Obviously, you said yep. the, the streets of Detroit, where you came from, a little bit, and then and then go to Grand Valley, and then where? How did you get to here? Seventeen and three fighting on December 15th. So my first fight in the UFC was actually Ally Aquinta. Uh, okay. I took that fight on about three weeks notice. I was in college at the time uh, studying for finals. I got the call like in, in late December. <laughs> the fight was was Super Bowl weekend, uh, one of the biggest weekends in Prudential Center. Uh, so oh, you're I, not kidding. That is that is timing right there. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So so I went from uh, taking my, my chemistry finals uh Past the finals, by the way. But then I, I went from that. I like how to, you use past, too. That, yeah, 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 I, I pass, feel that as well. Chemistry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was never my strong suit. I didn't say ace. I didn't say none of that. <laughs> Passing is good. Uh, past the final. Three weeks later, uh, I was fighting Ally Aquinta in, wow. in, in Prudential Center. A little too much too soon. But now, uh, th- it's been a long journey since then. 12 UFC fights later. And uh, it's coming full circle, and I'm an embarrassed man for it. You know well, I mean? and how how much of it is that? You know, you you don't know if you can run unless sometimes you get thrown and you gotta run like somebody's chasing you. Oh yeah, I mean, a lot of people think they can do what we do. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of guys are, are are tough, and a lot of guys can fight, uh, but. You know, not a lot of guys can can really go through it and really. It it takes more than just being able to fight to be able to throw a punch. You know, I, I paint a picture for you. Mm-hmm. You know. First time traveling outside the country, I go down to Brazil. Uh, I'm fighting the three-time Brazilian kickboxing champion. I've fought plenty of kickboxers before. Not really worried about it. I go down there, but not until I'm around it and I really see and I'm around his people. Mm-hmm. I mean, the man's a hero down there. You know, he does stuff right. for kids. He's, you know, he he worked in the community. Uh, I think he was a police officer at one point. So the community's all behind him. And you know, as soon as I take one step into the <laughs> arena. You had 12,000 fans screaming so loud. <laughs> you were the most hated man in Brazil. <laughs> I had on noise-canceling earphones, yep. and the it's... ground was shaking. I could feel it, and I could see them screaming, and I could see their hands put together praying that in 15 minutes, I'm going to get carried out of there in a stretcher. 
I got to go through that, and I, I go through the fight, and you know, the 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 first round hit me with a good shot, mm-hmm. uh, good shot to the stomach, and all the air immediately gets sucked out the room. Sixteen thousand people just scream as loud as they can, make you know, you disoriented, you don't know where you at. Still got to pick it up. Second round, come out there, finish the man, and. Uh, Scream while they all booing and they get oh, dead man. silent. That's the best. They gotta, gotta be sneak the me out the back door. Give me a police escort. Police escort to my hotel just to get me out the building. And I think not a lot of people are are, are prepared for that. You know, not a lot no. of people are. Not a lot. Of, it's a lot of behind the scenes that people don't see that go into your journey uh, in, in being a world class fighter. And I think that's what the most exciting thing. Like when when you look at somebody that's that's at the mountaintop and and fighting on TV or or fighting on pay per view mm-hmm. and. When when they're there for that fifteen minutes, like you said, that's what you get to see. Yeah. But to make to get you there, that's the journey and that's the story that everybody really wants to read. And that's the hardest part. And the the hardest part about it is, you know, a lot of people can even put in the work. You can make the sacrifices. Yep. You can you can put in the blood, sweat, and tears. A lot of you times know, that can be the easy part. Exactly. You can sacrifice your relationships and you can sacrifice your 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 health and you can you can do all these things. And sometimes it still don't work out. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's gonna. Happen. You can do as best as you can, and your 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 wife is sitting front row. Your mom's sitting front row. Your grandmama watching back home. You got your daughter there. They all gonna see you get bloodied up and and and, and bruised up, and then you got to go out and do that again, and do it again, <laughs> and do it again, yep. and do it again in order to be at the top. And that's that's the those are the things that people don't get to see if you only get to catch that one fight in that one fifteen minutes. And that's so cool, man. So so. Take me through a little bit. So you you get the fight, then how long in between fights will you go? Uh, it it depends on timing. It depends on uh, uh, a lot of where the division is moving. This game is chess, not checkers. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I always set out kind of my year uh, uh, plan. You know, of course, you're gonna have some setup setbacks. You're gonna have some hiccups in there, but I'm always ready to call the audible. Uh, I usually try to take at least a month off in between fights sure. uh, just to let the body heal. It takes me two months to prepare for the fight. Uh, a month off after, so you you can roughly do two or three fights a year. And when when you get out of that first fight, what was your mind thinking right after that first fight? Any real fighter is going to tell you <laughs> the second that the fight is over, even if they raise your hand and you get ready to walk out, you you take a step out and you you look around and you like, man, why the fuck am I here? Why am I doing <laughs> what this? The f- <laughs> what the fuck am I? Should I go back to school? What am I doing? What am I doing here? Like, it's like the same time I started a radio show. Millions of people <laughs> just watched you out there put your it put your it's soul crazy, on man. the line, and you're like, man, why am I doing it? But then you wake up the next morning and you're like, I can't wait to do that again. <laughs> it's got to be a reason. rush like like no other, man. I guess so. I guess so. Damn. Maybe our brains we got a weird way of working. I don't know. Well, but, now I mean a little bit different. Yeah, configuration yeah. probably a few shots in the dome. <laughs> So what was that like? The first like big time hit where like big yeah. time knockdown that you felt like, oh shit. It actually came against Ally Quinta. Uh and and if anybody wants to go back and watch that fight, it was back in 2014. Uh actually the first punch that, that he threw, and it was it wasn't even a good punch. It, it was kind of going backwards, but it was so much of me realizing my dream finally. You know, uh, I was a kid that came from nothing. I, I my my family made nothing. Uh, and and I had made it there, and I'm in a fighting Prudential Center, and I'm like, okay, I only took it on three weeks, but let's go. And I, I had so much of that let's go that I forgot that he could hit me. <laughs> so when he hit me, and I'm like, oh, okay, oh, okay. It kind of woke me up a little bit. But, again, those are just experiences that, that come along the way that now I can use now. And, and now when, it, when I step in there, he's going to face a totally different man. If he's thinking that he's still fighting that 21-year-old kid that's fresh out of college – Man, I've been around the block a couple of times. Like I, I'm, I'm a vet in the game, and I still got the youth on my side. It's, it, it, this is gonna be a good. One. He's only 26 years old. It's Kevin Lee, the Motown phenom. Uh, Motown phenom. Now, did you come up with that name? You know, it's the, it's, it's a good one. The Canadians one of my gave favorites. it to me, uh, but you know, I'm sticking with it. The Canadians Motown, gave it to you. Uh, Cana- yeah, I had to cut my my teeth on the the Canadian circuit, and that, that's all they kind of wow, knew. Okay, yep. that's all they knew about Detroit was Motown. Mm-hmm. But Motown is so is revolutionary. You know, they, for sure, they redid 
they redid what genres of music are. So I like to think I'm redoing what genres of fighting is. You oh, know? you know what? Bringing Detroit seems like it's kind of starting to be be on the upswing too. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely going through a renaissance right mm-hmm. now, and I'm glad to to kind of be part of that and 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 grow it along with it. You How know, much pride do you take in that? Uh, it, a lot, you know, even though, you know, people give me crap because I don't live there anymore and, and you know, I'm kind of mm-hmm. out doing my thing still. I'm still taking care of my family. Uh, we still, we live in a better life, but I do want to give back to my city a lot. Uh, and once I get that gold belt, then that'll really take off and, and I can do it for a lot more kids. And I know I, I got a chance to talk to Pettis a couple of years ago when, when he still rocks the 414 on and everything like that. I talked to him about the pride factor. Yeah. Because like you said, you're, you're putting everything out. For fifteen, sixteen thousand people live, and how many different people watching? Yep. And it's it's about who you are inside when when you're in there for that fifteen minutes. And it's gonna come out. It, uh, that's one thing about fighting. It, it, you can't you can't deny it. You can't you can't lie. You can lie all the way up until it until you get in mm-hmm. there, and then the real is gonna come out. Uh, and if you're not fighting for something bigger, then that's gonna come out when when it really gets tough and it really gets when your body just want to shut down and tell you, let's go get out of here and just go home and chill and like be done you with know, it. Like, yeah, let's, let's go talk to Joe Rogan, smoke <laughs> some weed, get out of here, have some water. <laughs> <laughs> Sit back and relax. But, you know, if you're fighting for something bigger and if you're fighting for, for kids that grew up like you, for kids that that uh, don't have much hope or don't have much way out, if you're fighting for them, then then you got a reason to keep pushing on. All right. Now let's now let's get to the fun stuff. Let's start talking about Al. Yes, sir. What what what, what do we know about Al? What, what's I, mean, I know? I know you're going to say that he's, he's a good fighter and, and obviously you owe him one. Me and Al, we, we got a lot. We got a lot of history together. Uh, I was hoping to do, you know, we both here in Milwaukee right now. I was hoping to do a little something with him uh, in the room just so I can finish embarrassing the man. But uh, <laughs> don't worry, I'll work on that. Come on, he, he, what can you say? He, he's he's the quintessential uh, Jersey boy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I heard he took his cousin to prom too. I mean, uh, look, I don't know about all that, but you know, if he if he did, he did, and uh, I ain't gonna judge no man, I guess. But he's the quintessential Jersey boy. All that stuff that you see on Jersey Shore is it, for real, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, I so you owe him a little something. Yeah, I, I got to get one back. Uh, but this fight for me, it ain't even gonna be about Al. Mm-hmm. I really and. I'm really doing this to send a message. I've already surpassed Al in the rankings. Right. Uh, you know, and I told him that a couple years ago. Like, I already knew it. Like, man, I'm going to keep on keeping on. Uh, I've improved tremendously since then. I don't think he's improved as much. Uh, and I think that's what's really going to show during the fight. But I'm using this to send a message that I'm the best lightweight in the world. He he gave Khabib a tough fight in his last fight. Uh, but he ain't going to he ain't gonna hold a candle. So once I blow him out the water, then you, you, you'll see that Khabib is next. And, and number five in in the rankings right now. So so Khabib is the, is the one that you're still looking at right now. For now, I don't celebrate number five. You know, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't celebrate top ten. I didn't celebrate top twenty. I didn't celebrate top one hundred. I'm only gonna celebrate number one. Uh, so once I get my hands on Uncle Khabib, and I, I'm out here chasing titles. Once I get my hands on him, then it, that's where that's where where all this is gonna really pay off. And it just so happened to be that Al got to be the sacrifice in this. Al's got to right. go out there and you sorry, know, man, hey, the wrong man at the wrong time. Is business. <laughs> business is business. Wrong place, wrong time, uh, right circumstance. Kevin Lee over here, man, appreciate it, dude, and, and good luck. Obviously, tickets go on sale tomorrow. Uh, you can watch it main card on Fox, and and you guys are gonna have some fun down there at the five star forum. It's gonna be a great fight. Uh, one thing I will give Al, you know, you can probably ask us this yourself. What are you? He's tough. He's going to stay in there for the full. He's never going to give up. He's going to go unconscious uh, before he gives up. But he, he's going to leave out of there a bloodied, unconscious mess. Uh, you know, I'm going to hold his head beneath the water and drown him. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. It's going to be a great fight. My man. I'm excited. There you have it. <laughs> there Both it fires. Oh fighters, fighters, fighters. You know I'm going to hold his head underneath the water and drown him. That is so... <laughs> Jeez. Now, if I said that on the air, what would happen? Uh, we would have to go talk to HR. Yeah, I think so. Probably. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. You got to uh, you got to chat with those guys. It was cool. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Thanks to uh, Hillary with the Bucks. Help me out with it. Excellent. So our next podcast will be number 40. I feel like that's somewhat of an anniversary. Uh, we do need to get a get-to-know in. So should we get hammered for it or... Maybe we should. I don't know if if we can. 
That's podcast. We're not on air. We'd have to check on that. I don't think hammered is the way to go. Do you remember what happened in Vegas? Because I don't remember much of it. Going through life drunk and stupid is probably not a good idea. (laughs) But it is fun. It is fun. All right, that's it. I hope you enjoyed it. Tim and Taos in the Morning Podcast number 39. Change in the air or is there? Stay tuned to number 40. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 